Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours, hosted by Charlotte from Chicago. We are so excited that you guys are here today, and we're going to be talking about something fun, but also cringy today. I don't know, it's very mixed feelings, but what we are talking about today is the concept of shooting your shot. You might ask, what is shooting your shot? Excuse me, Charlotte, I don't play basketball. Well, let me tell you, shooting your shot is the concept of just going for it, for lack of a better term. To say, you know what, I am just going to try it. That could be something, someone would say, okay, I'm going to shoot my shot and I'm going to go DM that cute person. Or I'm going to go walk up to this guy at a bar and introduce myself. Or I'm going to go ask for that promotion because, you know, I deserve it. Or I'm going to go and try something new because I'm going to shoot my shot. Life's too short. YOLO. All right. Sorry. I apologize for saying that. (laughs) But regardless, today we are going to be talking about shooting your shot and Before you even get too into this, I want you to know that sometimes shooting your shot does not turn out right. Sometimes you're going to airball. And sometimes you don't just airball, but picture being at the free throw line and shooting. And not only do you miss, but the ball does not even hit the, the rim, the net. It goes behind and it knocks out one of the members of the marching band. That's how bad of a of a miss it was because that's that's where I'm at. I have been there, done that, and most likely will end up there at some point again in my life and probably sooner rather than later. And I'm here to tell you guys a few of those stories because people always like to talk about when things go right. Sometimes people don't talk about when things go wrong. And I'm just going to give you a heads up. You may end up getting some secondhand embarrassment throughout all of these, these little tangents of stories because honestly, it was pretty embarrassing to live it, but it all, it all comes together in the end. So bear with me. But to start off, we have to flash back to about August of 2018 which is when I first moved to New York. So I graduated from college in May of 2018, and then I traveled the world for three months, and then I moved to New York for a job. I was reverse commuting, so thankfully I wasn't dealing with as many people that were heading into New York City as they were going the opposite direction. So I would take the train to work every day, and obviously if I was taking it there, I had to take it back. So this is where it starts to get interesting because I'm a very friendly person and New Yorkers, no offense, are not not always the, the friendliest. So my Midwest mentality really radiates and kind of shows that I am not from, from New York. And the train conductors learned that very early on because I started calling them by name and talking to them and they're like, all right, she's here. But... The moral of this is that on the train ride home every day, I, because like everyone, we are creatures of habit, I would wait on the same part of the train platform every day. And I would take pretty much the same train every 
evening. So, as you do that, as you get accustomed to living in a routine, you start noticing the things around you more. So, I started noticing the people that would commute with me, you know, the people that take the same train with you in, take the same train with you out after the day, and... Since I was reverse commuting and I wasn't in a super really young area, I was the youngest person by a a good couple of years on the train. But that's when I realized that there was another guy that was probably, he was probably in his mid to late 20s and I was 22. So this is still the closest age range out of anyone by a good bit. So I decided in my head, I said, you know what? I want to be friends with this guy. I want to be not like we're going to hang out. We're going to text each other. I want to be commuter buddies with this guy. You know, someone that you see every day, you smile, you nod, you wave, you say, Hey, how you been? How's work? Oh, it's good. How's the family? Oh, it's, they're good. And that was, that was really my goal. That was my, my, in my aspiration here is that I just wanted a commuter buddy. Uh, so I had told my best friend, uh, her name is Yasmin. We will call her Yaz. So I had texted Yaz and I said, there is a man that I want to be friend on this train. And in normal good friend fashion, she's like, are you, are you sure that this is what you should be doing? I said, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to wait for an opportunity. I'm going to be friends with this guy. So a few weeks go by and I see him every day and I'm, there's just no opportunity that has really presented itself for me to just say, okay, well, how, how can I spark up a conversation with this guy until one day we were standing right next to each other on the train platform, like right next to each other. And I pulled out a fresh pack of gum. I was like, oh, this is my moment. I'm going to offer him a piece of gum. So I unwrap the pack and he hears the rustling. So he kind of looks over. I pull out a piece of gum and I like offer it. And I said, would you like a piece of gum? This man looked at me, no lie, like I had murdered his firstborn child. And he goes, no. With the most disgusted look on his face. And I I tried to like maintain my coolness. And I was like, oh, all right. And I unwrapped the gum and put it in my mouth. And I was like, wow, that literally went as terribly as it could have. So I get onto the train, whatever. And... Uh, another few days go by and we see each other and he kind of like nods that he acknowledges that I'm there. And I was like, okay, this isn't really like the commuting friendship that I wanted, but, um, I think he might be scared of me too. So we're, we're gonna, we're gonna balance in between that. So flash forward a couple months and my best friend Yaz who I had told her about this guy, she had flown in from Minnesota to visit me in New York for a weekend. And it just so happened to be the weekend that I was invited to a birthday party of someone in New York City. And this was a 
56-year-old's birthday party. So we were definitely going to be the younger people there, but it was at a 70s go-go dancer bar. So honestly, if any of you know me or you need to know anything about me, it's the fact that I thrive in the 70s. For being 24, I was born in the wrong generation. I would have thrived in disco. But regardless, I can get my little bit of the 70s by listening to music, dancing under a disco ball, and just living my dream there. So we went to this birthday party. And honestly, if any of you guys are ever in New York City, go check out Ethel's. It is a very cool bar on the Upper East Side. And again, disco ball. Seriously, what more could you need? But Yaz and I went to this birthday party and we were a couple drinks in. Not gonna lie, a little tipsy. Honestly, we need a little bit more, but we were having a grand old time. Again, this bar only played 70s music and I was dancing on the dance floor under a disco ball. What what could make a girl more happy? Honestly, nothing. So we're dancing, having a grand old time. And I turn around on the dance floor, and who is behind me but none other than the guy from the train. So, in my giddy tipsy fashion and Midwest friendliness, turn around and scream, Oh my gosh, you're the guy from the 515 train from Portchester. And he looks at me. And kind of looks me up and down and goes, oh, you're the gum girl. (laughs) Yes, I am the gum girl. That is me. That is what I'm known as. So, chatted with him for a little bit. uh, Was just very excited. And so I introduced him to Yaz and said, we're on the same train every day. And she said, oh, I've heard about you. And he looked so confused because this is the real first time we were ever having a conversation and my friend just says oh she's told me about you so kind of looked like a psychopath there but it's fine so we laughed whatever uh he was with some friends I met his friends just said hello walked away from it and was back on the dance floor whatever uh, we, we leave later and the next day wake up and memory was a little bit foggy from the second half of the night. And all I really remembered was that his name was Dimitri and he was in real estate. So I'm like, well, you know, that at least gives me enough information that I can chat with him the next time that I see him. Good. So we're going to tangent off of that because what happened though the next day was that we woke up so the party was a Friday night Saturday comes around and Yaz and I said okay you know what we're gonna run to Marshall's Home Goods so we run over to Marshall's Home Goods uh no makeup sweatpants like it was a long night the night before so we were just gonna enjoy a Saturday doing a little bit of shopping decorating uh my new apartment and if you've ever been to a Marshalls and Home Goods, you know there's no such thing as a quick run-in. And you're usually going to walk out spending a lot more money than you plan to. And you're going to spend a lot more time in the checkout line than you would have ever expected. Because those checkout lines are huge. 
and they're filled with things so that you look at them and try to buy more things while you're waiting to check out with the stuff you already have. And this was the week after Thanksgiving, so now we are in peak beginning Christmas seasons, and it was on a Saturday. So we were in line to check out for probably about an hour. And as we're in line, we see all the cashiers lined up. You can see it. And I saw that there was this, there was this cute guy that was one of the cashiers. And I'm not going to lie. Finding a cute man working in Marshall's Home Goods is very, very rare. So there's a whole line of cashiers. And with my luck, we ended up getting him as a cashier. I was like, yes, my time to shine, lay out a little bit of charm. And so we sparked up a conversation while we were checking out and I had asked how his Thanksgiving was. He said, well, I'm not from America. So like Thanksgiving isn't really my thing, but we've been here a few years now. So it's been growing on us. So we had a, we had a good time. I was like, oh, where are you from? Me being the traveler that I am, hearing that anyone is from another country, automatically I'm just so excited. So he told me he was from Albania. I said, wow, that's that's so cool. And at this point, one of my items didn't have a scanner uh, price tag on it. So he had to call for one of his employee or his coworkers to go find something similar. So we're just sparking up a conversation as we wait. And we're talking about his country. He said, yeah, let me show you some pictures. So he pulled out his phone, showed me some pictures. And I said, wow, that's beautiful. Do you go home very often? He said, yeah, I try to go home about once a year. And I, in my total smoothest fashion, made a joke and said, oh, well, if you ever need a travel buddy, let me know. And he kind of laughed and chuckled and was like, oh, I'll be sure to do that. So whatever. And they come back. They had the barcode. I check out. Before leaving, I said, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. I was feeling confident after the encounter the day before at the party with the boy from the train. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give him my card because I am a professional businesswoman. <laughs> As you can tell by my tone, uh, yeah, um, 22-year-old Charlotte was not as much of a professional businesswoman as she thought. So... I give him my card, and these are new. I'd only gotten them a few days before. This was the first business card I think that I'd actually given out. So I gave out my business card, and he just kind of like smiled and like, oh, thanks. And then I left. And Yas was just kind of laughing at me. She's like, I can't believe you did that. And I was like, honestly, I can't believe I did it either. That was really embarrassing, but here we are. So the rest of the day goes on. And I'm hoping that he texts me. And honestly, he doesn't. I'm like, okay, it's fine. So by the time I'm going to bed, I'm like, fine. He's not going to text me. Whatever. And that next day, that Sunday, still no text. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I've lost hope. He's not texting me. It was fine. Whatever. Monday rolls around. I'm back at the office. And I told one of my coworkers about the encounter with the guy from the train. And her first response was, you have to let me know what happens when you see him on the train this afternoon. I said, absolutely. And then she asked if the boy from Marshall's Home Goods had texted me. And I said, no, he didn't. But, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. She said, okay, well, let me see these new business cards. I pulled one out and gave it to her. And that's when 
We collectively realized that my phone number was printed wrong. My phone number ends in a 9, and this ended in an 8. So, like any normal person, you would think the first thought would be, Oh my goodness, I bought, like, I now have 500 business cards with the wrong phone number on them. But no, that was not where my mind went. My mind went to, oh my gosh, I gave a cute boy my number, and it was the wrong number. So, my coworker bursted out laughing. She thought it was so funny. And I'm thinking, how do I recover from this? Because I'm sitting here for the last two days thinking that this guy did not text me, but what if he texted the wrong number? So this was right around the time where the concept of number neighbors were blowing up online. So your number neighbor is this person that has the same phone number as you, except the like one digit off. So People were having stories of them texting their number neighbor and having great conversations, making new friends. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to text my number neighbor, explain to them the situation, and hope hope for the best. Uh, Well, I typed in the phone number. So my phone number, but the last number being an 8 instead of a 9. And it it showed that it was an iPhone. I was like, great. Uh, So I know it's an actual number. It's going to be delivered. But I'm like, I don't know if I'm texting a teenager. I could literally be texting an 85-year-old. So I'm going to cover my bases, introduce myself, and sign the text messages. And I texted something along the lines of, Hi, number neighbor. Like, I have almost the same phone number as you. Accidentally printed my number. Well, actually, your number on my business card. And I was just wondering, like, did someone text you within the last, I don't know, two days and they thought that you were me? Uh, signed, Charlotte. Needless to say, my number neighbor never contacted me. <laughs> so I'm continuing to dig myself into a hole here. So whatever, the day goes on. It's time for me to take the train home. And I'm excited because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see my new commuter friend, Dimitri. And we can talk about the rest of our weekend. And, like, it's going to be great. This is what I've wanted is someone to just come, like, commute and chat with and then never have to see outside of our commute. So I show up at the train station. I'm at the the part of the tracks where we usually are. And, honestly, it was a few minutes early because I was excited. Um... The train comes and there is no Dimitri. Like, okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna get on the train. The next day rolls around. No no Dimitri. Third day? No Dimitri. So I have come to the conclusion that I have terrified this man so so much that either he is now waiting on a different part of the train tracks than where he used to. Or he has started taking a whole new train regardless. And honestly, I don't know which is which is worse to think of. So regardless, I had come to the, the mental and emotional conclusion that I'm never seeing this man again. I shot my shot and that did not, did not go well. About maybe two, two and a half weeks into this of not seeing him, I was standing at the train station 
and I'm just texting, waiting for the train. It's, it's like the week of Christmas. So it's cold. I'm just head down, whatever. And I hear, Hey, and I I look up and it's Dimitri. And I said, Oh my gosh. Hi. And I said, you're Dimitri, right? Because I tried to play it off. And he goes, yeah, you're Charlotte from Chicago. And a little bit surprised, I was like, yeah, you, you got it. You got it your first try. He goes, well, you did give me and all of my friends your Charlotte from Chicago sticker the night we met. And I'm like, well, I have no real recollection of that, but that sounds really on brand. So, uh, yes, I am. I am Charlotte from Chicago. So we chatted for a little bit, and I um, still think I, I scared him. Um, but at least we kind of became commuter buddies that we would see each other just kind of wave, whatever, um, until, (laughs) until flash forward a little bit more, I had gone out of the country for work and then I came back and I was no longer taking the same train anymore. So I ended up just not, not seeing Dimitri again for like six months. And then I ran into him on the train as we were entering into Grand Central Station. And he's like, what? Hello? And I said, hi, yeah. Like, I realized I, I started taking a different... I'm not on that train anymore, so you probably thought I just, like, died or something. And he said, honestly, I thought you just stayed out of the country and you just never came back. I was like, what? And he said, I don't know you well, but it kind of seems like something you would do. <laughs> Took a little bit of offense to that, but also I'm like, uh, you're not, you're not super wrong, dude. So... Uh, Dimitri in real estate from Port Chester, New York. If, if you, if you hear this, I hope you are doing well. Um, I hope I don't, I don't scare you as much, but honestly, I have no regrets about the situation. So I, I, I shot my shot, wanted to make a new friend and really it, it didn't turn out great, but I know you're probably thinking, well, well, what about the guy from Marshall's Home Goods? Oh yeah, that, that story gets worse. So after I had texted my number neighbor and said, okay, well, did anyone text you? And they did not respond. I honestly contemplated calling them and I thought this is too psychopathic of something to do. I cannot call this random number. And again, I'm doing all of this, not even knowing if this man ever texted me. This man could have never just taken my business card and thrown it out. But I was like, I would rather embarrass myself and figure it out than let this man think that I just straight up ghosted him. I gave him my phone number and then never responded. So I did a final shot. I I shot my shot and this was the buzzer beater moment. You know that latch last ditch effort where it's it's past a half court shot like only by the grace of god is something going to like divinely happen to make this ball go in and it i i really i really took that moment and i said you know what we're going all out so i went back to marshall's home goods and i wrote a note explaining what had happened about the wrong business card and my correct phone number. (laughs) And I walk in and I see that he's at the checkout counter. I said, you know, I have to go buy something because I 
cannot look like a psychopath and just go right up to the cash register. So, I should say I couldn't look like a psychopath more than I already was looking like a psychopath in this situation. And so I went and I picked something out and I was in line. Of course, the line, again, super duper long. So by the time I get up there, he has gone on his break. And I'm thinking, just my luck. So I asked the cashier who checked me out this time if she could, if she knew who he was. And she and he were both just um, seasonal workers. So she wasn't even sure who he was. And I said, well, can you give this note to him, please? And so what she did was she called up her manager and said, can you give this to him? And I was like, people, it's really not that deep. Like, please, please don't make a big deal out of this letter. Uh." And I'm getting so flustered with embarrassment and just thinking, why am I here? Why? Why did I put myself through this? And I don't know if they ever passed off that message, but it is safe to say that I never heard from that man. And honestly, probably for the best, there were so many red flags in how this started off that I just, it, it was better that it just got nipped in the bud at the, at the beginning. But you know what? I don't regret either of these horribly cringy and awkward situations because one, I know that my intentions were good, as cringy as embarrassing that they ended up being. But I'm thankful for all of those times that I've shot my shot and it has airballed and been terrible. And one of those shots that ends up on ESPN as like the worst, most pathetic shot of the week. I'm happy for those because they have given me the confidence to continue to shoot my shot and to continue to move forward and for all the times that it's gone horribly horribly wrong because let's be honest those those situations were both terrible but for all of those times that it's gone terribly wrong I've had situations go so so right because I had the confidence to go after it and the more you fall the more you get up And your skin gets tougher. And you're like, okay, well, this didn't work out. You learn to laugh about it like I am laughing now. I find those two situations to be so funny now. I laugh about them all the time to the fact that I'm confident enough to share all of this with all of you. Because, really, it is still a little embarrassing. But I find it funny. That's, That's another side tangent lesson is that you need to learn how to laugh at yourself. That will make your life so much easier. Laugh at yourself. The good, the bad, the ugly, laugh it off. But on a serious note, all of these these situations that I would have been too scared to shoot my shot or step out of my comfort zone for, it's all because of those bad experiences that I'm like, you know what? Couldn't have been worse than XYZ. Like, well, I'll go introduce myself to the to that person because if you know it went so bad this other time really what are the odds of it happening again or what about that time that it went so well and I made a new friend or prime example these these aren't mostly supposed to be about my love life or lack of um because train boy was completely platonic and Marshall's boy nothing but in general because of some of these failed situations throwback to one of the last times that I was in Paris 
I ended up asking a French guy out on a date on his birthday. What's more shooting his shot than meeting someone the night before their birthday, finding out it was their birthday the next day, and inviting them out on a date to take them out for ice cream? If that isn't a really ballsy move, I don't know what is. So I asked this guy out to say, and I said, let me take you out for ice cream on your birthday. And he said, sure. Our date ended up being under the Eiffel Tower. And it was one of the most romantic things that has happened in my entire life. And I'm slightly a hopeless romantic. So there's also that. But just, I would have never had the confidence to do this if I had not failed so many other times prior and got back up and said, you know what? It may have gone bad, but I'm here. I live to tell the tale. I might have a few bruises and scars and a little bit of a a bruised ego, but it's fine. I've learned from it, and it's gotten me to where I am now. So this is just a big, long way to say, you know what? I don't know what it is that you're going through right now or what's been on your mind, but why don't you shoot your shot? What's, what's the worst that could happen? And even if it doesn't go right, even if you do straight airball, again, what's the worst that can happen? And who knows what picking yourself back up will give you the confidence to go on and move forward to in the future. I know that can sound kind of daunting of like, why would I do something if there's a really good chance that I'm going to get knocked down or embarrassed or made fun of? But you know, Life's too short to care about what other people think or say about you. And you just gotta, you just gotta do you. Shoot your shot. Live your life. Go ask for that promotion. Go slide into the DMs. Respectfully. Go ask someone out on a date. Go ask someone to be your mentor. Go send an email to someone that you think wouldn't be willing to work with you. Because, oh, I'm just little old me go do it. What's the worst that can happen? Well, that's my little my little motivational spiel of, of the day. So I'm so thankful that you guys have, have joined along and stuck through with. I hope it made you laugh. I apologize if it, if it made you cringe a little bit. Honestly, been there, done that, a little embarrassed myself, but here we are. And you guys are going to get to hear a lot more crazy stories and not not just from me, but I hope this encourages you to step out of your comfort zone and whatever it is that you do to shoot your shot, let me know. Let us know. We're all here together. You're welcome here. This is a safe space. Feel free to hit me up on social media. Let me know. We are at we, us, and ours on Instagram with periods in between each word. Char from Chicago on Instagram. You can find us on our website, weusandours.com or charlottefromchicago.com. Come connect. Come chat. Tell me how you shot your shot this week. And we would love to hear you guys share what you had to say. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. You are following us on social media. And I hope you guys have a lovely week. I hope you push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I hope you shoot your shot, and I hope you make it. Have a good one, y'all.